Game week one means we have depth chart for the 2023 season. We'll talk about some of our biggest takeaways and a surprise starter at running back on today's episode of Locked on Sooners. You are Locked on Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Sooner Nation? Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Locked On Sooners. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. My buddy here is Josh Helmer. You can follow him on Twitter at JoshOnRef. You can also hear him Monday through Friday on the KREF Sports app available wherever you download your apps. Josh, we got a depth chart to talk about. That we do, and let's just dive right in. There's plenty of takeaways to be had, but uh, probably for most, the big takeaway is in the backfield. Uh, Marcus Major or Tawi Walker, a starter for Oklahoma. What do you make of this? Well, what I make of it is one, if Marcus Major is listed first there, that he's probably going to get your first carry of the game or first carry of the season against Arkansas State. This is a guy that the coaching staff has really made sure nobody forgot about. As they discussed Javante Barnes and Gavin Sawchuk, Jeff Levy's been quick to also point out the work that Marcus Major's done this offseason. Same with DeMarco Murray. I mean, everybody is, is high on this kid. And as we've discussed, talent has never been the issue for Marcus Major. It's availability. You know, and if you're not available, it's hard to get a good read on what you're able to do and what you're capable of. Now, we've seen flashes. We've seen big plays. We've seen tough running out of Marcus Major. But again, the injuries continually jump up and bite him. Hopefully that's not the case this year. And he's able to have the breakout that many have been expecting since that big uh, cotton bowl against the Florida Gators back at the end of the 2020 season. Yeah, obviously flashed the potential there, but the, the injury concerns and then obviously the, the eligibility issue as well for Marcus major, the, the couple of big hurdles. And yet here we are somebody that uh, over the course of his career has rushed for a little over 500 yards seven touchdowns, but in spots in, as you pointed out, uh, most namely that contest versus Florida has looked like he can be a, a bell cow running back for Oklahoma. Now, maybe in part because of some injuries along the way to a Javante Barnes, Gavin Sachuk throughout camp and uh, because he's healthy and he's not battling the injury bug. Now we're maybe seeing the rise of Marcus major here at the very tail end of his career, which would make for a heck of a story. And it kind of would fit a lot of what we've seen out of Oklahoma running backs over the last few years. You know, Kennedy Brooks kind of breaking out over his final couple seasons. Ramondre Stevenson, after you know transferring in, um, you know, he he had some eligibility concerns of it or issues in his own right, but then had a big you know final year before getting drafted. So it would just kind of follow that same pattern a little bit as, of Oklahoma running backs having good careers later in their. Their tenure. Now, I, I say Kennedy Brooks. Kennedy Brooks was great throughout. He ended up as one of the best running backs of all time at Oklahoma. And I'll I'll preface that by saying only two running backs have only three that have over three thousand rushing yards and have averaged over seven yards per carry in their in their time at Oklahoma. Kennedy Brooks is one of them. The other one is Billy Sims. So that, that tells you all you need to know about Kennedy Brooks. But back to Marcus Major. The talent's there. He's a talented running back, and and. If now is the time for him to, to really break out and step forward, 
And that'd be huge. Jeff Levy mentioned when he met with the media on Monday that they feel really good about their four guys. Major, Tommy Walker, Gavin Sawchuk, Javante Barnes. They feel really good about all of those guys. We've seen Javante Barnes and Gavin Sawchuk more recently have really productive performances, but that doesn't mean that that's the be-all end-all. You could see all four guys get significant looks in neutral game scripts for the Sooners throughout the season. And I think that's an okay thing. If it keeps everybody fresh and they're all productive and efficient, by all means, play them all. Well, and I'm not taking this depth chart really across the board as finality. It's a first depth chart for Oklahoma. And that would apply obviously uh, to running backs as well. I do think if nothing else, this signals, okay, it's Marcus majors time to really have a time in the backfield. So he's going to get a, a serious look, Tawi Walker as well. And we'll see if one of those two guys can versus Arkansas state versus SMU versus Tulsa. If they're just too productive to take off the field, right? Because that's kind of what happened with Kennedy Brooks and Eric Gray in succession here. These last couple of seasons where it looked like maybe you had a legitimate running back competition or you were going, going to be splitting a bunch of carries and Hey, Javante Barnes still got his, last season for Oklahoma, but it was the Eric Gray show for the most part because Eric Gray was Oklahoma's best running back. And so if nothing else, Marcus Major to me, John, he's he's first in line to have that opportunity in 2023. Yeah, and, and I do think we see them all this week, and I think you could see a, a new starter from week to week, just depending on how practices go and who's playing the hot, and playing the hot hand. I mean, Jeff Levy talked about the hot hand mentality when dishing out carries to the running backs. Who's showing up and who's playing productive football in game. That'll determine how they utilize and and deploy those guys. So it'll be fascinating to see. But again, shout out to Marcus major. I mean, he, he continues to battle and he continues to, to persevere through all of the the injuries, the setbacks, all of that stuff to find an opportunity. And I, and I think some of this is rewarding the effort, you know, rewarding the resiliency, rewarding the stick-to-itiveness of a guy like Marcus major. I mean, this coaching staff, they're not just about the, the physical traits, the things that show up on tape. They're also about the intangible things, too. They want to see guys show that resiliency, that ability to bounce back, take care of all their business off of the field. They're going to reward that kind of stuff on a depth chart as well. I think this is a, a, a sign that they're very, very pleased with the work that Marcus Major has done all offseason, even if he's not necessarily their best running back on the, on the roster. They're going to say, hey, listen, it's the same thing we discussed with Gavin Freeman. When we talk about Gavin Freeman, right? He does, he works harder than everybody. He's, he wins everything. You, you reward that. And I think this is part of what the coaching staff is doing with Marcus Major is rewarding all of the effort. And he's, again, he's a talented running back in his own right. We're going to have a few more depth chart takeaways coming up. We're going to talk about some of the position battles that look like they've been decided on the depth chart. We'll do that after we talk to you about our friends over at Game Time. If you're looking for tickets, For this Saturday, there are plenty of great seats available there at Gaylord Family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium for 11 o'clock matchup against Arkansas State. Go to game time. Download the app. Use promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. You can get $20 off your first purchase at game time. I mean, some of the tickets that are going to be available for this Saturday are under $20. So you might be able to get your tickets very cheap, um, you know, after fees and all that. So go to game time. I mean, you, it's great because I love the game time app because you can see exactly what your view 
is from your seat on the game time app. It doesn't just show you where your seat is. It shows you what you're going to be looking at as you sit in your seat. And that's a beautiful feature on an app when sometimes it's stressful and hard to decide, okay, where do I want to sit? Do I want to sit, you know, corner end zone? Do I want to sit, you know, midfield? Do I want to sit all the way in the end zone? Do I want to sit in the upper deck? Well, this gives you a great idea of what you're going to be looking at as you look at the field and look at the product on the field. So go to game time again, Download the app wherever you get your apps, the Apple Store, Google Play Store, wherever that is. Use code Locked On College and get $20 off your first purchase. Again, game time using promo code Locked On College. Download the game time app today. So, Josh, we got more takeaways on the depth chart. Just off the top of your head, what was one of the things that really stood out to you as you looked at the depth chart? Well, uh, as we discussed, uh, running back, of course, but uh, as you start looking elsewhere on the depth chart, Talking offensively, wide receiver looks like what we said we thought it was going to look like atop the depth chart, which is Andrew Anthony, which is Drake Stoops, which is Jalil Farouk listed as starters. And then uh, sort of behind those guys, too, about what we would have expected. LV Bunkley Shelton alongside Jaden Gibson as an or, uh, you know, you tell me if that uh, is something that you, you saw coming or not. Uh, maybe uh, for some that's uh, a little bit surprising just given the the talk that we heard coming out of camp that maybe there wasn't quite as much buzz there. But for Nick Anderson and LV Bunkley Shelton and Jaden Gibson and Gavin Freeman to be those names right behind the starters, I don't think that's altogether surprising either. No, not at all. And Burton Venables talked about a guy like Andrew Anthony to say, this is going to be a guy that helps us this year. He's going to make a lot of plays for us in big time situations. Uh, yeah, not surprising to see Gavin Freeman listed behind Drake Stoops or Jaquez Petaway listed behind Gavin Freeman. I think you're going to see all three of those guys involved. We, you know, Jeff Levy's talked about six or seven guys that they're planning to deploy at wide receiver. And I think all three of those names in the slot are names you're going to see a lot of this year. Freeman, Petaway, and Stoops. In particular, we've heard a lot of buzz about Nick Anderson and what he's done in camp. Jaden Gibson seems to at least have the right head on his shoulders, the right mentality, and is continuing to battle and, and be resilient and push forward. Still got a lot to prove and earn on the football field as, as the depth chart looks. But it's, it's telling that, okay, they feel really good about these nine guys that they listed on the depth chart. And, and I think there's reason to feel good about it. You've got a lot of talent. And even in a guy like DJ Graham, you know, so showing up, on the three deep, at least at one of the wide receiver positions, I think that just goes to show the effort and the work that he's putting in off the field to put him in a position to potentially get out there and make plays. And again, it's going to be a deep group and they're going to rotate guys a lot so that they can try and keep everybody fresh. But it it's good to see kind of the, the hierarchy start to unfold a little bit and to bring a guy like Andrew Anthony in and then earn a starting spot. I think that's that's huge. You want somebody to go in there because we we talked about it all offseason, right? We felt like there were six, seven guys that could potentially start at wide receiver two opposite of Jaleel Farouk. Well, if Andrew Anthony's your starter, that means he's beaten out all these other guys and you want to see guys go out there and earn it. Uh, but the depth absolutely is much, much better. Uh, for me, I mean, another place where I, I really, really love the depth and you love what you're looking at, it's along the defensive line. I mean, defensive tackle, it just looks stout. You know, it looks bigger. Uh, Travis Davidson of uh, the JP and Trav show and of KREF sports fame as well pointed out like the differences between the 2021 defensive tackle group that were all 
under 290 pounds and the 2023 defensive tackle group where you at least have two guys over 300 pounds on your defensive line in Dejon Terry and uh, Isaiah Coe, especially at that nose tackle spot. That's so big, man. No pun intended or pun intended. It's huge. You got to have dudes that can just stay straight up, eat up space. I, if, if you want any kind of evidence of how important it is to have defensive tackles with that kind of size, that kind of leverage, go back and watch the highlight from David Stone's strip sack uh, in his game on Saturday night, and you'll find Jaden Jackson in the middle at nose tackle eating up three blocks plus a running back coming to chip. That's what a sizable difference maker at nose tackle can do for you. And I mean, Isaiah Coe flashed it at different times last year in a rotational spot. Now a potential starter with a guy like Dejon Terry, you've got two dudes over 310 pounds that are going to be taking up space and, and requiring more than just one blocker to open things up for Rondell Bothroyd, for Ethan Downs, for Reggie Grimes, for R. Mason Thomas, for all those dudes that are going to be playing edge. It's going to make their job so much easier because then you're just dealing with the tackle and maybe a running back that's going to help out. Maybe not. Maybe that running back has to stay in the middle of the pocket to help prevent your 310, 320 pound nose tackle from just pushing the pocket back. Your man, Ashton Sanders, by the way, not too far off. Uh, <laughs> Friend of the show, Ashton Sanders on the death chart. That's right. He's uh, he's in there at nose tackle listed as an or with Kelvin Gilliam. Yeah, they just I mean, the size, obviously, you talked about the number of bodies that are listed on the interior. Uh, there's nine bodies right there, and I believe there's eight bodies outside for Oklahoma at defensive end. So, what, uh, 17 names to keep track of inside, and that's just what's listed on this initial depth chart. There's actually other names probably we could even toss into that mix. So they've got uh, they've got more bodies at their disposal than they've had uh, well than they had a year ago. One of those names, of course, Lacey. We're waiting to get healthy and that uh, that'll happen uh, in due time, but you've got more depth. You've got uh, size. You've got legitimate girth in both co and Terry Laulu. I mean, he's not far off uh, in terms of that. Jordan Kelly is just a shade under 300 pounds. So yeah, they've, they've added some serious size there. The other defensive storylines. I mean, the, the two obvious ones. Okay. Cheetah went the direction that Teddy Lehman was telling all of us, Hey, this thing's going. Justin Harrington is indeed your starting cheetah. Uh, Brent Venables had a lot of nice things to say about Justin Harrington at the Rudy show. Just that he's, he's just playing fast, man. He just uh, has been there working the cheetah for over a year now. And the light bulb has, has clicked on. I don't think that this is a RIP situation for Desan McCullough's 2023 season, whether it's a cheetah whether occasionally he mixes at one of the other backers or that, you know, pass rushing situations, you bring him in maybe as just a, a get to the passer specialist. I, I think McCullough will be involved there, but right now it's Justin Harrington that's starting at Cheetah. And then the other uh, big one would be of course, opposite Woody Washington at cornerback. And that my friend is indeed another name you've been singing the praises of Gentry Williams. Yeah, and this was kind of the expectation is after last season with CJ Colden, you know, graduating and Jaden Davis off to Miami and a number of other players leaving in the transfer portal at cornerback, your hope and your expectation was a guy like Gentry Williams, who was a four-star corner coming out of high school, the number one player in the state of Oklahoma in his recruiting class. You you'd expect him to take one of those starting take that starting job opposite of Woody Washington, and he's done nothing but earn it. 
uh, as, you know, aside from the, the fainting spell that he suffered in spring ball, you know, he's battled back and he looks to be a guy that's going to be a big time difference maker for the Sooners this year. And you have to have it. You've got to have a guy like him because like we talk about with Savion bird at guard, that brings a tenacity and an edge and a, an aggressiveness to your offensive line. You got to have some of those guys in your defensive backfield too. And I believe Gentry Williams plays with that sort of an edge that you love at cornerback, somebody who's tenacious and feisty and, you know, going to play with, with a little bit of swagger almost. And and you kind of want that at cornerback when you're out there on an Island, you want to have a guy that one has the athletic ability, has the speed, has all the tools, but also has the right mentality that says, Hey, I'm not going to get beat. You're not going to beat me. And you might beat me once, but you're not going to beat me again. And if that ball's in the air, I'm going after it and I'm going to go get it. And I believe that's the kind of mentality that Gentry Williams plays with. So again, they're going to be guys that are going to play as well. You know, Josiah Wagner's, you know, created a lot of buzz since uh, showing up in the spring. Um, Makari Vickers, you know, Jacoby Johnson, Kendall Dolby. A lot of those guys are going to get playing time, but you want Gentry Williams to solidify himself as that corner opposite of Woody Washington, because going into next year, you're going to have another position battle at cornerback to replace Woody Washington. So it's great to see Gentry Williams really showing up right there. Uh, Linebacker depth is also really, really nice to see. I I feel like just like with Gentry Williams, Jaron Kanick, you needed to see him step up and take that job at middle linebacker. You know, you had Danny Stetson coming back. You had Justin Harrington at Cheetah or DeSamacola at Cheetah. But that Mike linebacker spot was a place where we had a little bit of a question. They brought in Connor near late to add to the Mike competition. Well, it looks like Jaron Kanick has earned the right to start at middle linebacker. Yeah, and that was sort of a sneaky competition, even when you think about names like Kobe McKenzie Mm -hmm. or if Phil Pachotti came in and just uh, set things on fire. Because of the potential that we – the flashes we saw last season from Kanick – you would have thought, right, that he was going to be a starting linebacker from for Oklahoma. So just to see it confirmed is definitely one of the takeaways here for me is, okay, now is go time for somebody that Oklahoma fans are very, very excited about. Would have been a surprise if it went a different direction. But again, I think for Oklahoma fans, it's just nice to see that confirmed in the way of the depth chart. You know, going back to the defensive line real quick, Ethan Downs or Trace Ford, Not that that's uh, surprising, but just kind of reconfirms that, yeah, Trace Ford is going to be a serious factor here. And then on the other end of that equation, it confirms something else, too. Rondo Bothroyd, there's no or next to that name for Oklahoma, John. No, but I really like the three deep at that defensive end position that Rondo Bothroyd's starting at. I was having this conversation with Bryant Cruz, one of my writers over at Sooners Wire, and talking about, okay, you're going to block Rondo Bothroyd, who's a 6'4", 280-pound dude. You're going to be getting him on first down, second down, blocking him for maybe 60% of the, 70% of the snaps. And then, oh, wait, here comes R. Mason Thomas at you on third and eight plus. And now you have to go from blocking a 280-pound 6'4 dude that's got the strength, athleticism, to be able to be effective on the pass rush. Now you get to block a lightning bolt coming off the edge in our Mason Thomas, who's about as twitchy and athletic as anybody on the roster. And he's got the speed and the quickness to get into the backfield in a hurry. So I really like just kind of the, the change of pace potential that's there. Uh, who knows how the snap count will delineate itself, 
but I, I really like the idea from, you know, going, you know, Miguel Chavis is going to be throwing Rondo Bothroyd out there and just punishing, punishing, you know, that, that right tackle. And then here comes R. Mason Thomas and then just throws that completely different uh, pass rush style at the offensive tackle that is just going to throw people off, throw all kinds of people off. And I think that's the beauty of having diverse talents. And then you got Adepoja Adabare right there as well, who is about as athletic as anybody and long as anybody on the roster. You know, we just saw his brother blow up the NFL scouting combine and earn himself a first round draft selection because of his athleticism. Well, Adepoja Adabare, he is an athlete and he's a long athlete and that's going to cause offensive tackles problems. So I really like what, what they've kind of developed here in that, okay, maybe over on Ethan downside, you've got a lot of similar body types and downs and grimes and Marcus stripling. But then over on the other side, you've got three very different style of pass rushers or defensive ends in Bothroyd, R. Mason Thomas and Adepojadabare that I think it's going to really cause a lot of havoc for opposing offensive coordinators, opposing offensive tackles when they get into those, you know, third and long situations. Okay, which one are you bringing at me? Or if it's a, you know, first down, first and 10, and they decide to, you know, run our uh, Ronald Bothroyd out there. I like the options that they have. And I think what they're going to do defensive end wise from the pass rush perspective is going to be so much better than what it was a year ago, because just the talent is so much better than what it was a year ago. Well, and just to pay off the big board, if you will, if you're watching along on YouTube, the position battles decided, I know that we've, we've kind of run down some of this, but just sort of in a one clean fell swoop here, left guard for Oklahoma, Savion bird. So that's that's what we expected. Offensive line, uh, if you missed it, left tackle starting, Walter Rouse, Bird, Raymond Center, McCade Mataya, right guard, Tyler Guyton, right tackle. That's what we expected, and really the one spot that was in question was left guard. It is Bird. Marcus Major or Tawi Walker. Then you get down to Javante Barnes or Gavin Sachuk. So that would, I think, be uh, – the other big ones, and then uh, obviously just wide receiver, which we've talked about how that's shaken out. Maybe still some defensive position battles on the interior for Oklahoma. Well, I think what's notice what's notable on that is Jonah Laula, you know, being listed as a or starter with Jordan Kelly, you know, a dude who moved from defensive end to defensive tackle this offseason, added some weight, and someone that the coaches really liked because of his kind of persistence in his play. You know, he doesn't give up on a play. He plays to the whistle. He plays hard. He plays fast. He's a quick guy on the inside. And I think that quickness and that strength and size is going to be kind of a lot for guard, most guards to deal with um, at the, the NCAA level. So it's going to be really fascinating to watch. But I, I do think with those top four guys at defensive tackle, you know, Laula and Kelly at the defensive tackle or the three technique, the guy that lines up between the guard and the tackle, or with the nose tackle position, the guys that are lining up over the center or between the center and the guard, I think you've got a really nice group of options that are plus options and dudes that can stop the run and rush the passer with equal effectiveness. I think some of what we saw at the end of the Alex Grinch tenure was guys like Neville Gallimore, you know, Jalen Redmond, Perry on Winfrey. They were pretty good at getting to the passer or getting to the passer. They could rush the passer pretty well, but as far as, you know, good run stuffers, it was a little bit lacking and that's kind of come to fruition. But as you've developed Isaiah Coe and Jordan Kelly and added Jonah Laula and Dejan Terry to the mix at defensive tackle, it improves your run defense a whole lot more. Josh, any final takeaways that you have from the depth chart before we get out of here today? 
Yeah, just a couple. And then, of course, the the final cleanup, Justin Harrington, Cheetah, and uh, Gentry Williams starting corner in terms of, like, the big competitions. Other things that uh, I, I did notice at tight end, no Llewellyn, no Helms uh, listed on the depth chart. So that, again, just speaks to those guys have been dinged up. We keep hearing that they're coming back, they're coming back, they're getting healthy, and then it's like a setback here or a setback there. So Stogner one, Blake Smith two, uh, Josh Fanuel three or Cade McIntyre. What was fascinating with Jason Llewellyn is he is listed on the long snapper depth chart at long snapper three. So I'm not sure exactly where he's at, but you know, again, a dude that struggled with injuries during spring and fall started to look like he's working his way back. We'll see how this all continues. You know, he could end up getting significant playing time this year. It's just where things sit right now as you enter Arkansas State. So, yeah, tight end is going to be interesting. Uh, you need Austin Stogner to stay healthy. I think that is if you're you know, sending out good vibes to anybody on this team, Austin Stogner is the dude to send out good vibes from. He's battled through so much. If you, uh, you know, didn't get a chance to read what he wrote for Soonersports.com, highly recommend the piece. Just a really good background into what all went down um, at the end of that, what was that? The 2020 season when he got injured against Kansas and then uh, missed a good portion of the off season, recovering from the infection to his leg. And then uh, the transfer, the transfer back, all that good stuff. He just does a really great job of just kind of walking you through everything that transpired over those few years. So that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Sooners. Thanks so much for tuning in, being a part of the show. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. We're free and available on every platform. Follow Josh on Twitter at Josh on ref, follow myself at John nine Williams, follow the show on Twitter at locked on Sooners again, subscribe over on YouTube, hit that notification bell to let you know when new episodes drop. We'll be back for more Oklahoma Sooners coverage all week long, getting you ready for Arkansas state at 11 a.m. On Saturday, he's Josh Helmer. I'm John Williams. We'll talk to you next time. Boomer Sooners.